Welcome to Chaos Theory Tales Askew. Chaos Theory Tales Askew is proud to present part two of Gerald Wong's story, Seemingly. But Andre was so young. Young, the man's eyes flashed. He was twenty. Twenty wasted years bound to his mother's apron strings. Twenty years. And he never lived a second that was his own life. When at last he appealed to me, I thought you'd heed my word. Instead, you sought to deceive. Zenobia sighed. I only sought the best, but perhaps I was wrong. Lord Garnet shook his head stiffly and started to fill his pipe with, from a tobacco oil skin. A brief silence followed, punctuated by a plaintive bird call. I, I know the reason you've stopped moving, Zenobia began, as a man prodded his tobacco unemotionally, and why you've ceased using the power of the shades to mask your trail. You were hoping for this reunion. What you wish to achieve by it, I do not know. Perhaps I place my hopes too high. She hesitated, words trembling on her lips. You may hate me, Leopold, but I still love you, and always did. It sounds stupid and mawkish when I say it, and you were never one for sentiment, but that's the way of it. I've never deceived you, but for the sake of love. When you gave me your seed, I discovered to my horror that I had nothing to, to couplet with. I didn't want you to suffer my devastation. And so it ripened by a spell, coupled not with flesh but magic, Leopold finished, breaking his grim reticence. The very magic of illusion I instructed you in. You've kept that from me back then as well, wouldn't you? Had a confession not been inevitable? Without doubt you were completely unattuned to the ethics of magic. Women. He said the word with a satisfied contempt. I see it now, of course. You created because of your professed love for me. Then you imprisoned because of your professed love for your son. Then you cannot for the life of you see where you erred doing what you did. Interesting the way your mind functions. I wonder if it is the same with all women. Love breeds deception. Shall we put it? Yes. Familiarity breeds contempt and love breeds deception. Lord Garnet gave a short laugh. How is it that humans can bear to be social animals when all society rewards them with are these ugly faces of nature? You're rambling, Leopold. No, he answered with a smile. It was not a smile of happiness, or even malice at Zenobia's obvious discomfort. You were right in thinking that I had hoped you would come for a purpose. The purpose is fulfilled, but I am not satisfied. Worse off, in fact. You should never have come. And I, such an imbecile to think matters could be righted this way, please leave now. Leopold rose, but Zenobia caught him by his arm. No, Leopold, no. I refuse to leave until a proper explanation has been given, and I have seen my son. What is this ridiculous affair about fulfilling purposes and writing manners? Is it then right that you should pull me here on a whim and expel me in a shroud of mystery? When all is said and done, I am still your wife. 
Lord Garnet gently but firmly removed himself from the unhappy woman's grip and crossed the living room to the doorway. Halfway there, he stopped, aware of a sudden, subtle change behind him. He swung around. Zenobia was arrested in a half-rising position, her face ashen white. You're not Leopold, Lord Garnet stared at her. You're not Leopold, Zenobia replied. The man smoothed his eyebrows and smirked. No? Who or what then am I? Not perhaps another of your illusions. Yes, indeed, your flight of fancy bids you leave. Andre, Andre, my child, Zenobia gasped, sinking into her seat with a hand over her heart. The expression of amusement left the man's face. His green eyes darkened irritably. Well, how did you guess? Leopold has a birthmark which would have been concealed by his wedding ring, but you wear no ring. Oh, Andre, how have you changed in only twenty years? And, and Leopold? The woman glanced at the stairs as if expecting a second appearance. He passed away a month ago, Andre said quietly, and then went on. No, don't be sorry you weren't there. He said you'd probably have tried to imprison his soul in the mortal realm or something with your magic, seeing as how you're never willing to let things go. Better to be granted his blessed release. Strong emotion convulsed the features of Lady Zenobia. She passed a gloved hand across her eyes, dry though they were, but as one whose tears would have proved too poor a mirror for the bleeding of the heart. So, she gasped, so he's never forgiven me. They say time eases wounds. So many years have elapsed, and have you never forgiven me too? A spasm crossed Andre's face. He lit his pipe and puffed ruthlessly. I hated you. I could not recall how you imprisoned me for twenty years, even after your promises to father, and not be filled with the bitterest gall. Day after day to watch others revel in freedom and youth while I remained helplessly pinioned by your side. But I abhorred that hatred. My friends have mothers they could revere. Why not I? I knew you were still looking for us, and I had a fancy that the past was all a misunderstanding, that with your explanation things would turn out fine. Perhaps you'd be given reasons before, and in the heat of adolescence I could not comprehend them, nor could father supply them adequately. Alas, even my hopes have deserted me now. He closed his eyes briefly and shook his head. But no, it is just as well. I only tried my best, Andre. What were you hoping for? I don't know. He spread his hands more of a gesture of futility than ignorance. Perhaps a reason that I could sympathize with. Certainly not hearing that you did what you did out of selfishness. No, do not interrupt. That is exactly what it was. You never intended me to leave your side. You didn't understand that I had my human urges for freedom, and when you learned of them, you sought to crush instead of accommodate. Yes, you acted out of love, but also entirely, entirely to satisfy your own anxiety. Without giving me, your son, helpless at your hands, due consideration. And that, in my mother, I cannot forgive. The arm of the chair felt uncomfortably brittle in Zenobia's grip. Is it then impossible even for us to start afresh? Andre laughed. Haven't you already started afresh? He glanced at Lazarus, who had stiffened suddenly. I see past experience has taught you well. Never expect something to remain unwillingly by your side unless it had nowhere to go. And so you created a freak. How dare you, Andre? How dare you? Lazarus, darling. Zenobia made a beckoning gesture, but Lazarus remained rooted to the spot, its eyes black pinpoints riveted on Andre. Unlike your mother, I never believe in encouraging fantasies, 
Better the bitter edge of reality. It bites, but only the healing may begin. Fantasies fall away to give nothing, even if they may momentarily tailor the smallest things in your presence. The man gestured at the window, and the scene of picturesque gloom it gave on flickered sharply. Do you not wonder how it is that I have survived part illusion away from the sustenance of your sorcery? Leopold taught you the magic? Yes, he taught me magic, but not the magic of illusion. Nay, not that singularly detestable school which has so prostrated our family and father and you, the masters of it. Which was the true master, I sometimes wonder, the magic or its wielder? Father taught me the magic called science. You may have heard of it. But that is Southland of voodoo, dangerous and unpredictable. How could Leopold? Zenobia fell silent. Illusion is creation, but science is manipulation and reconciliation. There are powers more potent than the illusionists that guide the forces of the land, Andre said. Yes, it was dangerous and painful to be suddenly bereft of that which had sustained me all of my life, but I never lost conviction. Father helped me. He understood what it meant to me to win that terrible battle, and so I was gradually weaned off the spell. I was what you should have done for me long ago. Leopold and I discussed it many times, but I never agreed. The risk was simply too great. Surely you know. I do, and I have paid the price many times. But to live is to be free, whatever the cost. I don't think you can ever understand. Andre replaced the pipe in his mouth and strolled to his chair, but he did not sit. Zenobia watched her son, studying the strong, proud features which were in the very likeness of her late husband's. How foolish she had been, though, to have mistaken Andre for his father. The latter would have appeared much older now, and the eyes. Leopold had warm eyes, searing in anger and snug in passion. The eyes which held her gaze concealed a dozen winters, chill and hoary with the hard experience. Zenobia rose. No, I do understand. Enough for it now, at least. Thank you for your reception. I, I will not trouble you again uninvited. Andre followed Lady Zenobia into the hall, where he held the door open as his mother and Lazarus passed through. Wait. Zenobia paused and turned. Andre was studying the door frame with a curious intensity. I lied. Before he went, Father wished you were by his side. He did not regret taking me away, but he regretted not having searched harder for a better solution. Zenobia nodded. Thank you. I live in Gorok Manor in Thurston. Should you ever... No, you shouldn't. She met his eyes. You'll be moving again soon. I see you have understood that much of me, at least. Farewell, Mother. You would want to know that Father's remains have been conveyed to Tanis for burial, his last wishes. The door clicked shut. Lady Zenobia and Lazarus walked in silence down the waving street. They stopped beside a lamppost, which, as everything else around them, was now drooping like the wax of a melting candle. Pastels left out in the rain, rivulets of stylized, glossy blackness running off mud and thatch. No wonder so many places I have visited appear the same, Lazarus said tonelessly. Why not when conceived by one mind? My life, my memories, of the execution, of your rescue and adoption, all figments of your fantasy. I am but a fleeting thought. No wonder even a stray cur mocks me. Zenobium knelt by the creature. Do you hate me too, Lazarus? Her gray eyes were wide and pleading. Lazarus could see now that its mistress had been wearing no finery, merely a plain blouse and breeches, good for the road and well-dusted by travel. I am nothing, it thought. 
but then she has a little more. Andre Garnet had been right. Better the bite of reality. Let us go home, Lazarus said, and led the way over the skeletal remains of fallen foliage into the sunlight of an autumn's evening. If you enjoyed this story, you may find more at Chaos Theory Tales Askew, located at www.genspace.com, spelled G-E-N-S-P-A-C-E dot com. Just click the top eyeball. You'll know what I mean. Adventure. You can find the horror in just space at Chaos Theory Tales of Steel.